Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with our chief strategist, Shelly Cohan, who, by the way, is also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, uh, we welcome you to the conversation on the topic of the concept of real retail stores as we know it is extinct. Now that should get your attention. <laughs> um, so there's a there, you know there's a myriad of reasons why this is going to happen. I go, but we're going to focus on one dynamic that uh, we believe is a I don't know kind of a signal that. In the end of the day, that concept of stores and retail will be extinct. So, Shelley, to start off, in, you know, in a Walmart investment community community meeting, CEO Doug McMillan said about their acceleration into services. "Quote: We feel emboldened and are now moving with even more speed." and aggressiveness. And Shelley, the profound part of his quote was this. He said, for an increasing number of customers, Walmart will be seen more like a service, okay? That's one of the most brilliant guys and a big CEO in this industry. When he says something like that, that comment just drilled into my brain. And it said to me, at the least, was the beginning of the end of the words store and retail. Anyway, and over a year ago, I wrote about Costco. I said Costco's ancillary services are a poster is a poster child for the future. I mean, their list of services, Shelley, account for about thirty billion dollars in annual sales. Wow, that's a lot. Unbelievable. And and yeah, and that is a whopping 20% of their total revenues, which were roughly, I don't know, $153 billion in 2019. So I would say that their services, unbelievable, alone are a big business by any measure you can come up with. So the Costco services, and I'm going to go through this very fast. I mean, there's so many of them, forget it. Gas stations, which alone account for 30% of all of their services. So beyond that, they've got pharmacies, food courts, hearing aid centers, photo processing, budget truck rental, optical dispensing centers, business printing, travel centers, prescription programs, and this one just blew my mind, RV rentals, mortgage purchasing and refinancing, life insurance, dental plans, Costco auto program, auto and home insurance. And this one blew my mind also, bottled water delivery and Costco auto leasing. So there you have it, Shelly. I mean, it's incredible. It's a lot, Robin. But you know what? Let me break this down a bit because I think the model and the methodology is important to understand and really leads to why Costco posted a 9% growth in their annual report. Their year ended August 2020, 
And then they came out of this first half of this year in 2021 up almost 16%. That's incredible. Yeah. Costco may hit 190 billion in 2021. They are on the trajectory to hit that number. Wow. In the last year, their member count increased to 106 million <clears throat> with a 90% renewal rate. Gee, so, yeah. I mean, it's not really comparable to Walmart's 560 billion, but they both have slightly different business models. Sam's Club, which is comparable to Costco, does about 58 billion. But I want to go back to this whole idea of the services model and the plethora of services you mentioned and how this truly builds loyalty with the Costco member. Right. So the services, as I see them, are divided into two different segments. You have the ancillary businesses that all members have access to, pharmacy, optical, hearing aids, you know, gas. Um, but executive members, which represent 39% of the 58 million paid members. Wow. So it's a very large percent of the paid membership. They are actually given access to a broader range of services like the auto and home insurance and the Costco auto purchase program and check printing. So by providing services to the Costco member, it builds deeper loyalty and higher frequency of shopping from its member, which makes each member spend more profitable. Right. So if, you, if you just look at gasoline, which is a super low margin business, as we know, Robin, members will wait in line to save 10 cents. And Costco <laughs> benefits because the members shop more frequently and they spend more money with the brand. Of course. So those added services for executive members reaches the most loyal customer. 23 million of them. That's incredible. So, you know, many of these are collaborative third-party services that the club members are inclined to use because, very simple, no-brainer, they have been curated and given Costco's stamp of approval. Right. That's, that's how loyal they are to this brand and how embedded they are. So, you know, it's like cruising down the food aisle and going online to rent an RV, <laughs> checking out life insurance rates, or planning a vacation. Any, anyway, it all adds up to a huge, huge business for Costco. And um, uh, we're spending time in Costco because we do believe that they, in many ways, are the poster child of the future. Okay. And, and one of the major things about all this is that, um, you know, they've got a platform of space where they can put anything. Anyway, so I wanted to get back to what I said that was so profound coming out of Macmillan's quote. I mean, his vision of Walmart becoming a service for consumers and that the words store and retail, I, I believe those words will disappear. I've said many times that one of the biggest barriers for retailers to transform their models is their mindset, okay? Yeah. Simply when you hear or read either of those words, retail or store, you automatically get a picture in your head of a big building full of stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. So... Macmillan seems to have been able to, you know, get beyond that. And we, 
of course, the Robin Report, have been replacing those words with the word platform. Uh, I think there's probably a, another sexy, buzzy way of saying it, but we use platform. And envision this, upon which anything, including services, can share that platform. And by the way, could also even be some competitors. So anyway, Shelly, what do you think? I mean, is this the future or at least part of it? And how does this model work? Well, Walmart calls its shared platform a marketplace. Costco refers to the tentacles of its business, either ancillary or consumer services. But the premise is to drive loyalty through providing high value, unique value proposition and extreme convenience. So if you look at uh, Costco and actually most warehouse clubs, they run on very low margins. Last year, gross margin was 11% for Costco um, compared to the industry segment of 23%. BJ's runs about 19%. So this model requires high inventory turn. Costco turns at about 12, BJ around 11. Um, And the business also model relies on higher spend per member and more frequency. So the discount discount segment is difficult to get into uh, for new players because the barriers to entry are so high. The startup costs are huge. Economies of scale are required to be able to compete on price with incumbents already in the space. The consumer is the leading force and with the number of suppliers being so high, the suppliers have hardly any bargaining power, not to mention how intense the competition is in this segment. Right. If you think about it, Robin, warehouse clubs compete with essentially everybody, discount stores, extreme discount stores like the dollar stores, department stores, grocery stores, supermarkets, super centers, internet retailers, gas stations, specialty stores, and even Amazon. Yeah, I know it's incredible, and and but that also kind of re, reinforces or confirms uh, this idea of a platform where you can use that platform to put all kinds of products and services. But you're right; they compete with everybody. So, but this is also a segue, Shelley, uh, to circle back to my question or prediction, really about is this the future? Um, We're not just talking about service, we're talking about that now, but a lot of other things. I think so. Um, If Macmillan and other retail CEOs, if they strategically analyze their core consumer groups and they find that they are estimating, you know, different saturation levels of both their core consumers and also the physical geographic locations, including international. And they would conclude that they will, if if they just continue to do what they're doing, that they will just continue to struggle for incremental growth, okay, and share a market. Right. So the logical pursuit has to be finding new offerings on their platforms to get their loyal core to come more often and to spend more time, dwell time as they call it, and to increase their spend, which as you said, in in that 
discount sector, inventory turn is incredible. So they've got to be able to turn stuff over. And the more they get in there, the better they're going to be in terms of turnover and volume. So services are, you know, a no-brainer. However, there is a huge challenge here. And it, it, it is it's going to take a lot of work. It's curating what services will align with their core customer as well as a new customers that they desire to get. And that requires deep analytic skills, you know, and augmented and, and artificial intelligence. For example, Costco has a pretty high demographic core, right? And they may choose, for example, a, a more upscale vacation service as opposed to, let's say, a lower level of a cruise line, something like that. The point, again, is they are enabled by technology and robust analytics. I mean, the membership cards provide extreme visibility into, the, into their, their purchases. I mean, they see every purchase, but there's more data and they can use data mining to more exactly understand the purchasing behavior and more finitely match services to those consumers. So it aligns with what they want, but they got to do a lot of analysis. And of course, just to punctuate what the consumer gets, no brainer, convenience, tremendous convenience, personalized selection of almost all of her or his lifestyle needs, you know, and it's not just products. And because of, you know, retailers, tech, the technology avail, available, um, it enables inventory and cost efficiencies. And of course, because of that, the consumer really does get kind of true value pricing, right? Well, the consumer is certainly the one that is has been advantaged by these new models. Robin, you and I have seen the open sourcing initiative in technology, which really started in the late 90s. And it really pushes forward the growth of enabling technology. And this was a massive turning point for what we now see across other functions beyond technology of collaborative development. So this shift in mindset has enabled really cross collaboration and move businesses to compete on information applications, yep, data absolutely. analytics, and innovations. So this goes back to your co-authored book, Robin, The New Rules of Retail and the 3P Distribution Model. Thank Being you, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> I think you came up with that 3P idea. I did but, have in the book. Yeah, so that's absolutely right. I mean, being precisely where the co consumer is in the right channel at the right time with the right product ahead of the competition time and time again. It's preemption, precision, and perpetuation. I mentioned earlier that consumers are really the driving force in the discount sector, mostly because the number of substitutions is high and switching costs are low. So customers at Target can go to Walmart or BJ's and Costco. However, Walmart and Costco and the like can shift the buying power in their favor by increasing private label goods and offering unique services. So in your article, Robin, you mentioned services were 20% of Costco sales, private label, Kirkland, 
Costco's private label is 32% of sales. So if you think about it, roughly 52% of Costco sales are in products and services not provided by others in this segment. And the switching cost of services is higher, making the loyalty to Costco deeper. In other words, once a consumer sets up pharmacy with Costco or Walmart, they're less likely to switch that out with another pharmacy. Yeah, that, that Kirkland brand is incredible. You know, Costco got going a long way in terms of leading the industry. Um, so I don't know, the new future model, uh, first of all, as I said, the mindset exercise, right? Of eliminating two words from your thought process, your vocabulary. Those two words are store and retail. Replace them with, you can use platform or maybe you come up with another firm, but the idea of just continuing to call yourself a retailer and you have stores, it's still a building full of stuff when people hear that. So the platform on which you can invite collaborative goods and services that align with the core and prospective customers. And, and again, as I said, they may even be competitors. I mean, you have Brooks Brothers on Nordstrom's platform. I mean, Kohl's is bringing in a lot of service, like Amazon is considered a competitor, certainly. We older veterans, I'm talking about myself, not you. <laughs> Remember the time when retailers would not share their information with anybody, least of all competitors. Well, I say that that is then, but this is now. Information is infinite and free. We know that. The world of data and knowledge, I mean, it's totally transparent, right? So the future success really belongs to those who compete on information. Oh boy, how data is analyzed and, and aligned with your audience, but more importantly, how it is strategically implemented. Indeed, I mean, as businesses measure maturity or saturation, which most of them are coming to on both number of locations and product offerings, instead of the low hanging fruit, which I've said time and time again, the low hanging fruit of price promoting, which I've said is the race to the bottom, right? Creating a platform curated with services that fulfill all of the consumer's lifestyle needs, particularly creating convenience, time being the new luxury, I believe. So I say, yes, the words store and retail as we know them <clears throat> will become extinct. So uh, well, here's interesting. So what I like about Costco when they get into their services, uh, we had uh, one of our writers, Adam Levine Weinberg, he wrote an article about the one service that Costco actually is not rolling out that everyone else is rolling out, and that's curbside pickup. Yeah. So it's a great article, a provocative view on why Costco should not offer curbside pickup. So you can catch that on therobinreport.com. And also, thank, I want to thank all our listeners. You can find more of our podcasts on Apple Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on 
social media, link in with us and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. Yeah. And of course, go to our website, therobinreport.com. And you can uh, spend uh, probably years reading through all the strategic reports that we put out there. And by the way, if you have any idea of a topic that you would like us to look into and uh, have a conversation about, please send it to me, robin at therobinreport.com. And thank you once again for joining us. Have a great day.